Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Jean Sutton. And this is Rose Chestnuts, a podcast where we do a deep bell dive into made-for-TV Christmas movies. And it's our last episode of season two. It's very sad. It's flown. It's been, well, we record them over three days. Yeah. them one apart. It's just five months of behind the scenes of how Rose Chestnuts happens. So um, today we have Patrick Frayne with us. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We, we gave you the film we gave you specifically because in season one we gave you a film from 2003, which is the oldest one we've done. Yeah, and this is the, the brand new, new paradigm Netflix films because yeah. they've kind of re, not reimagined, like super honed Hallmark's thing, I would say. They've taken their algorithm skills and applied yeah. it to Christmas. Mm-hmm. This is a pretty slick film. Yeah, I think so. Um, so kind of interesting of to see how it's changed. Yeah, Hallmark. Exactly. So the film is The Princess Switch, starring Vanessa Hudgens, and a lot of people I forgot to IMDb before we started. Um, a guy from Nashville plays the prince. Okay, that's really specifically unspecific. Because yeah. I, I was watching your page and I finally figured out it was the guy from Nashville. He yeah. plays piano at one point in the film. He's but, guitar in Nashville, isn't yeah. he? He's the one. He's like an accidental. I only watched the first few episodes in Nashville because of Connie Britton, and yeah. then I was like. Actually, don't care this much about the. I country enjoyed music. Nashville, um, and it was interesting seeing. The, I, I like spotting fake English accents. So the, before I figured out it was the guy from Nashville, I was going, "Is that a real English accent?" Mm. I think he might be English in real life. Yeah, well, he's not English in this. He's Belgravian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a theory about this okay. because okay. everyone is very, very English. I think these films take place like twenty years after Brexit, where Britain keeps on splitting. Yeah. So Belgravia okay. is like Essex or something, or Kent. Is like the story because he basically they're in a country and country called Belgravia. Yeah. So she goes there. Vanessa Hudgens goes there to compete in the great, the equivalent of the great Belgravian Bake Bake Off, right? Yeah. And she goes there. Feeds into your theory. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a big wedding about to happen, a royal wedding with the guy from Nashville who isn't called the guy from Nashville. He's called Prince Edward. I think so. There's a few Edwards this season. I've yeah. lost track. And once there, she realizes that there is an exact double of her who is Duchess Margaret, which doesn't make sense because duchesses are only duchesses because they're married to dukes, but she is about to get married to a prince. So huh. you wouldn't be a single duchess. And she's from another country as yeah, well. Whose name is forgotten, but I'm going to call it Montesanto. Because it sounded a bit it's like, something that. like Monsanto. It sounds like that, yeah, Monsanto. I feel like it changes throughout it. It's like Mangano, Morano, yeah. Mortano. It's basically a parent trap meets not really Roman Holiday <laughs> meets Vanessa Hudgens. That's yeah. it, really. Vanessa Hudgens in Parent Trap with Princess in the title. Meets the unstoppable force that is Vanessa Hudgens. So it's they, they yeah. instantly... Uh, will we, <laughs> we should probably start from the start. Let's start, yeah. Okay, let's start yeah. from the start. So it starts in America, mm-hmm. in Chicago. Chicago, and she has a bakery called Sweets and Treats with her friend Kevin. Isn't her yeah. name not in the title? Oh, is um, it like... Oh, maybe. Yeah. What's her name? her name again? Is it Stacey? No, Stacey's a different friend. I wish it Google existed. It was Stacey, yes. Yeah. Um, so... They're there and she's like really prim and proper and she doesn't like deviating from plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sense some character development over the course <laughs> of this film. Um, and Kevin is uh, her friend and he's got a delightful, precocious daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kevin and her are not a couple. They're just kind of good mates. And Kevin is the most self-actualized man I've ever seen he's in the film. Best sous chef in the business, according to okay. Vanessa. Yeah. He also has that thing of best friends in Hallmark movies who like are always just finished laughing their face is always just in a just after laugh 
it's like, like a horror just, film. We're just like being around this person just is a constant laugh right? even though it's not because we've met her already and we know she's not funny at all. And we've also found out through Kevin that Stacy broke up with her boyfriend Paul. Mm-hmm. They were together for three years and Christmas was a big deal. Yeah, it's a big, very big deal to everyone in these films. Christmas is the biggest deal. Yeah. And she meets Paul on the street and Paul is, I don't know, if, what's the policy on cursing? Oh, go, go yeah, for it. Paul is a dick. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Paul's new girlfriend is is a dick ass. Yeah. And the two of them are horrible to her and that convinces her that she should enter the, or go to that competition in the country of Belgravia of which we yeah. spoke earlier. His new girlfriend is like a classic... Um, new girlfriend or it's they're normally that's the girlfriend that has to be broken up with for them to get together yeah they usually which, get more screen time yeah but she does that she nails that like 90 seconds she has you to, know all to the tropes a, I'm not kind yeah. of it's yes yeah, that have you seen Natalie Walker's videos where she does all the female tropes in films she has a video of each one yeah you sent it to me yeah yeah she so she's the one that's like oh I didn't realise you weren't the help oh yes, yeah she's yeah. that character but she does like in 90 seconds she there's a it. bit where Stacy goes uh, Paul must have mentioned me and she goes no yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is I liked her I wanted yeah. to see more of her but that was yeah. all we that's get to see that's a good life hack in general though yeah. is just to Mariah Carey people mm-hmm. to their face yeah um, I've done that yeah and then they power move <laughs> not a bitter move my favourite thing in this film is the mysterious magical old man yes because then she meets a mysterious magical old man on the street who says to her um, something like, Christmas, it sure is a magical time of the year, wouldn't you say? And he kind of convinces her. There's also a weird thing, a John Lennon quote. Yeah. Something about life. life is what happens, happens when you make other plans. Yeah. I don't feel like that's a John Lennon quote. The, the, this film claims it is, Alan. And <laughs> yeah. that, this it film claims is canon. it twice, I think. Yeah. yeah. So Kevin says it, and then the mysterious magical old man in the street says it. And he's a mysterious magical man who keeps turning up in different guises yeah. over the course of the film. Um, it's weird. Well, I it's, guess not, it's not weird. You see, you're too young. You, you have your Tinder and things, young people nowadays. In <laughs> my We've days, never been on Tinder too. In, in my days, yeah. we, we, we all were, were match made by mysterious magical old men we met in the street. And that's kind of what happens in this. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> My relationship actually predates camera phones, so I'm basically an old person in terms of relationships. So you probably had a magical old man who was constantly turning up with different, he has different um, accents. We met at work and there was a, an old man who owned the shop, he used to come in all the time. There you go. Magic over him. There we go. Yeah. A mysterious magical old man. Yeah. There we go. Uh, th- there's a really weird editing choice that made me laugh out loud, which is um, after she meets the old man, there's a shot of the plane landing in Malgravia. But over that, it's her saying, guess we're going to Belgravia, which sounds like it's taking place on the plane. She says that, <laughs> which I really liked. I just I wanted to make Maybe a note of that. Maybe on Belgravia, you get the visa when you land. Maybe, from those ones you fill it out yeah, on the plane. It's like, yeah, it's like Irish people, you can do it in Uganda. Yeah. I think you can just arrive. Wow, I didn't know it. I think it's Uganda. This makes me sound very first world. Am I, am I even let's say first world, or am I? Anyway, but like, I think there's Uganda, Ireland, um, Belgravia. Not that I'm not let's say first world. <laughs> I shouldn't say first world. Yes. So I think Uganda <laughs> um, in Ireland has an agreement where if you just fly there, you get the visa when you land. Okay. So there's a lot about Belgravia that is unclear. Like there's a lot yeah. about the country, how what its political structure is. Um, like is it a parliamentary? Is it a monarchy? constitutional monarchy? Yeah. Yeah. Like they have a royal family, and and the prince does a lot of trade deals, but it's unclear whether the trade is in Christmas carols or uh, <laughs> yeah. baked goods, because these seem to be the only things that Belgravia produces. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very snowy in Belgravia. Very snowy. And yeah. also there's like a very small village where I guess they film their TV shows, but yeah. also a gigantic city that seems to be Vancouver, uh, where they also hang out and go to a coffee shop that's in several other films, I think. Pretty sure it's in The Perfect Christmas Gift as I well. I couldn't remember. Yeah. But uh, so we meet the Wise Widower again. They go for a walk in the town. Yeah. And we meet him again straight away. I the wise old man. The wise old man. Sorry, Daniel Day-Lewis. Adam Nemes wise widower. Yeah. Um, he does a, changes his hats, doesn't it? He, he, he his hair a bit. A bit yeah. yeah. And he's a stocking maker here. He was a, some sort of bell ringing charity collector in Chicago. Oh, he's a Salvation Army guy. Okay. And they're quite homophobic. So maybe this guy's homophobic. <laughs> you're projecting a lot out of You're projecting <laughs> that. That's Salvation not in the text. Army. Yeah, they, they don't like let gay people into their things. Yeah. 
Um, so their little drums on Henry Street and their little coats because they're oh, in Guys Family and Charmy Dolls. Is specifically American, I think that might be a different one. Well, they're, they're, they've been in Dublin. Oh, they've been on Henry Street. Interesting. The bit near where Kylemore Cafe R.I.P. I've seen them gather there, and because I love the musical Guys and Dolls, and mm. I was like, oh, the Salvation Army, because I like to think I'm called after Gene Simmons. You'd like actress. to think, but there's no evidence. <laughs> like it's been said, but like not. Not like enthusiastically, because my older yeah. sister's called after Lara and Dr. Shivago, which is pretty cool. Okay. But I like to say, like, I'm called after Jean Simmons, the actress in Guys and Dolls, but I don't think I am. But anyway, that's why I have an attachment to the Salvation Army, but I obviously haven't Googled them. Mm-hmm. The Wise Old Man has a very nice coat, I noticed. It might because it looks it's very cool similar country. to my coat, but and, I did really like it. And Him she, and Kevin both had very good coats. And Stacey, aka Vanessa Hudgens, says, haven't I met you before? Um, were you just in Chicago? And he said something that indicates that the people about Gravia don't understand aeroplanes. Where yeah. he goes, how could I have been in Chicago? <laughs> She's like, well, I was just in Chicago and I'm here. Yeah. So so the, the yeah. I, I like the magical old man. I feel like there's mm. a lot there. There's a lot under the surface. That, that oh, is he like this. employed by the royal family to like go against, like, know what's best for the royal family. He seems a bit magic-y. Yeah. Like, he's turning up all over the place. He seems to know when to turn up. He doesn't get in place. He gives wishes. I feel like he's one of those people who grants wishes. Maybe he's doing a heist and it requires all of that to happen because he's in the palace later on as well. So there's some kind of heist happening in the background involving the old man. projecting a lot on the (laughs) old man. Like like a whole other set of film He needs a story, I think. Yes. His story is I want to know a functionary. Life. He's, he's, a, he's a functionary of the God of love. And he turns up and he allows people to come together. Like, he's remember Cupid. the TV show Cupid? With your, who was Jeremy Piven? And then they remade it with the guy you saw in a play recently. Oh, Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, they remade the TV show Cupid. If I had a love story with Jeremy Piven in it, I would also remake it with Bobby Cannavale, <laughs> I think. Jeremy Piven's, I think, got more episodes. It's about Cupid comes down to earth and has to match people up in New York. And you're one um, in American Horror Story and all those movies, Sarah Paulson oh, yeah. in the remake of Cupid and as Bobby Cannavale's love interest, I believe. Huh. Didn't work. There is far too much information out there. It just generally, there's just too much <laughs> stuff. Like, I vaguely remember Jeremy Piven being in something like that, but I actually think I destroyed the memory as it was being created. Like, this memory of watching five minutes well, of that. It was on TV3, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Back in the early days. Yeah. Their, whoever did their programming when they launched the first two years was, I want to meet that person because they've caused, like, they've basically imprinted on my brain. It's, you get so a really well. weird set of pop culture references if you really watch TV Treatos for a couple of years. Yeah. Like Just Shoot Me is really Angel important to you. Well. Angel. Jake, Angel more than Buffy, you know Jake more about 2. Angel. 2.0 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to the film, which we watched. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of enjoying the Jeremy Piven cycle. <laughs> Jeremy Piven got a start in Ellen, uh, which is interesting. I think. I look at him now. Yeah. Um, so she bumps into her rival, she goes to the Bake Off to check mm-hmm. out the equipment and all this sort of stuff and she runs into her rival and her rival is called Brianna Michaels and she won it before. Yeah. And she doesn't really have a personality other than giving Vanessa Hudgens dirty looks and saying like non-sassy, sassy stuff. Yeah. And a stupid person's idea of sass. Yeah. She's yeah. just a bit sour. And then she spills something on Vanessa Hudgens' apron and Vanessa goes off to change her apron and then we have a parent trap. Mm-hmm. Exact scene from Parent Trap where two people bump into each other <laughs> yeah. and do that kind of rotating around each other. They look in the other. mirror at themselves yeah. and then they are instantly over it. That's my favorite thing about yeah. the whole thing. Like they've met an exact double of each other and a minute later, like, grand, what will we do now? Let's swap places. <laughs> There's no, like, let's explore who we are. Let's do a genetic test. Yeah, we're clearly and me. twins. <laughs> no, no, it's like, I know what we'll do. I want to live like an or This is what Prince or Duchess Margaret, who might as well be called Lady, General Margaret, or, because she shouldn't be a Duchess. Margaret Delacourt, Duchess of Montenero. Montenero, okay. Okay, got I'm it. meeting a chocolate, by the way. <laughs> it's um, Christmas. Yeah. So, so they instantly decide to swap places in a kind of unnecessarily whimsical fashion. Like, I like the fact that they're going to do it until the time of midnight <laughs> two days later. Like, why midnight? The buses won't even be running. Why don't you pick a time like half nine? You probably, yeah. it'd be easier for Stacey to get back to the palace or Margaret to get back to the palace. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And do they swap phones as well? No, they yeah. do. They swap phone covers. Swap phone covers, yeah. yeah. Which seems smart. like a really... Like, I was kind of watching it as a member of Generation X going, this seems really significant, swapping phone covers. Like, it's mm. presented like this is like a huge ritual of bonding for their people. Yeah. Am I... I don't have a phone cover. But I do. Them. I have an Otter box and they're, they're bloody great, Alan. So would you swap that if you met your exact double? No, because I have a OnePlus. So that phone and no, lap, have you ever heard of them no they're Chinese and basically two techie lads told me to get one plus so now I have a one plus and it's got a different USB charge mm. it's caused me a lot of headaches but it's a great phone but you've got to order the cover specifically from them and stuff so I think you, you, I think they had to swap them because it, it's a huge giveaway like is? I'd know my wife's phone from the cover like straight away I'd spot it if, if it was different I would no- notice that it was a different phone and would you be like instantly suspicious and you'd hire a private investigator and stuff because the way you said it there was like oh and I, I just keep an eye on that phone just in case it's a different you definitely like, start asking a bit about like your shared history yeah, yeah. remember that time we such and such yeah do you yeah. would have you discussed imposter what you do if someone was in the no poster? we should have a plan though yeah yeah I have a plan with my little somewhere. sister a Google Doc what's your we plan kids well, like, we have a code word. What's the code? Oh, you well, can't, can't tell you. Huh? Yeah. Can't tell you, but we have a code you have word. a code word. Okay. Yeah. I, don't I know had a double. What kind of play we were doing that that oh, involved. Yeah. When I was in my early 20s, late teens, in uh, the nightclubs of Kildare, there was a guy who used to dress and look exactly like me. Mm. And I would often turn up in a nightclub kind of like a night or a week after you'd be there only to find myself being given out to by an angry woman because <laughs> he was a player and usually so, so usually it'd be like I'd somebody who'd, who'd see you know he'd snogged two girls the previous week and now one of them was really really angry mm. and she'd be given out to me and I'd be like oh, I don't know who you are <laughs> I don't know what's going on here like I figured out who he was and he, he did look really like me that's so, I would love that yeah. drama, the yeah. damage you could have done, yeah. or the bridges you could have rebuilt. Oh, I could have been, I could have done a parenting trap type thing yeah. with him. Maybe you could I have could made have, him a good man. I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could have taught him the meaning of love or something. I yeah. don't know, that sounds pervy. I'm really... <laughs> I don't want I'm to sleep with my I'm not a fan of these identity switching things, um, because I think they're just really manipulative and... If you were the person, like say you fell in love with a twin, yeah, and other stuff happened, There's I'd a, be it's very damaged. Yeah, mm-hmm. so and, yeah, I'm a bit like I enjoyed the movie, but I just want to make it clear: in real life, I do not enjoy these schemes. Yeah. If yeah. anyone is jumping, anyone in my life is secretly their twin. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what happens then? Liv is going on about wanting a ballet class. Yes, and, and she also asks her dad why he isn't interested in Stacey. Yeah, she wants but, a mammy. Yeah. Yeah. And Kevin, she's very interfering, that child. And mm. and Kevin is like, Stacey's too uptight. Because cause Kevin is the most happy man I've ever seen on television. Yeah. And Stacey <laughs> did this very strange thing when she went abroad. She made an itinerary of yeah. things to do while she was on holidays. God forbid. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he's just there like, oh, she's such a type A and she needs to let loose. And it's like, Having a plan for when you're abroad, when you're on holidays at Christmas, is actually okay. Especially if you're only there for, you only have two days of free time. Yeah. We went to the Edinburgh so. Festival for three days. Carlan did up a schedule. We managed to see 36 comedians in three days. Did you get the TripIt app? No, this was like 2000. Very you're good. You're such a Stacey. Yeah. But a Stacey. Carlan's a Stacey. I'm more of a I'm Kevin. A Kevin. <laughs> I'm a Kevin. Yeah. I don't do any planning at all. I, I booked the first hotel that comes up on booking.com where Carlan will spend like two hours finding the one. My it always works out better. Really it's like they're right or something. Planning trips, yeah. yeah. We were in London last week and Lara had everything planned and it was great. Yeah. So do they instantly split off and go off in their different directions? I'm trying to remember. No, she goes back out. And then and goes then back to the palace. Yeah, she goes yeah. back out and so she, she hasn't changed apron. her apron. Yeah. And then they go back and then she gets a haircut and they have a montage where they teach each other how to walk. walk. Yeah, yeah, about engaging your core, really. That's yeah, what or, or and disengaging your yeah. core. So they learn the posh Vanessa learns how to slouch, and slouchy Vanessa learns how to be posh, mm-hmm. and picks up the weird Montan- Monterero. Mont- it was bothering me for accent. ages, and I figured out who it is. Her accent is Tahani from the Good Place. It's Jamila Jamil. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's exactly who it is. It's actually, who it sounds like. 
Oh, and how we realize that um, Stacy is different from Margaret is she doesn't do hairspray. That's like a big personality. She's like, I don't mm. do hairspray. And it's like, oh, oh who's maybe. this not prim and proper new princess? Yeah. Um, so that was very good that they made that her personality. <laughs> and then immediately Margaret comes back to the house and Kevin hasn't got a top on. And she's like... That's later. That is later, yeah. yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. No, I have. I don't do hairspray. No, no. And then immediately Margaret checking out no, Kevin. Like that's, that's, the, that's the kind of... That's after they spend the day of together. The film for lots of people. Yeah. When Kevin okay. comes in with his top off. I mean, so, I, okay. The top, I, top comes off later, everybody. I'm sorry about that. I've seen people talking on Twitter specifically about his abs. They're, they're, like, they're like a meme now. Oh my God, can I just talk about someone's abs for a second? (laughs) Go on. Do you remember Richard Fleishman from Coronation Street? Yeah. He won the, or Emmerdale, he won that competition to be a soap star superstar. He went out with the, for a while with the girl who got in trouble on Celebrity Big Brother this year. We won't go into it all. Um, But he is a theatre actor now and he is in Company, which is on stage in the London's West End at the moment. I went to see it. It's good. Uh, I wouldn't say I was in love with it. But anyway, he plays a flight attendant in it and there's a sex scene um, in the musical, but not really that sexy. They're all dancing. And he takes off his top and the whole audience just went, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone just went back because he had like an eight pack. Richard Fleishman. And I went online. I like Richard Fleishman torso. Richard Fleishman. I use other words. And um, I couldn't find any pictures. And you're not allowed to take pictures at shows. Mm -hmm. But even of his eight pack. Like, like surely they make an it exception. Was insane. Like me and my sister turned to each other during the show and just went, Jesus Christ. And he's just got no top on for like 15 minutes. And it's you can't concentrate on the Stephen Sondheim songs because you're like soap star superstar yeah. has become a god. Very good. Anyway, back to the... That was like <laughs> another good segue. I think we should like extract these and have them as footnotes. <laughs> is there a way to put footnotes on a podcast? Can you footnote a podcast? Yeah, I think you could invent. Yeah. I'm sure Head Stuff could invent a way of footnoting podcasts. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. What I like about the the double switchy uppy thing that you, that, you know, despite the ethical objections, is the way that they're just game for anything. So Stacey thinks that Prince Edward is going off on a trade mission because we're unclear what type of mm-hmm. constitution they have. Save and, Belgravia. Yeah. yeah. But he decides to stay. to stay. And this is a big issue because Stacey is now pretending to be Duchess Margaret. Like, I, as I said, she couldn't be a Duchess. But, yeah. and, but and that means they have to go horse riding. And instead of making up some sort of excuse because Stacey can't ride horses, Stacey goes horse riding. And later there's a bit where... Um, you're meant to be an amazing piano player, Duchess Margaret. Go play the piano. <laughs> and instead of her going, oh, I can't, my fingers are sore, she goes over to play yeah, the piano. Yeah. And it makes me go, what if there was like, what if she was a surgeon? <laughs> and they said, oh my God, he's choking. He, we need to do a makeshift tracheotomy. Would she be over there with a bit of broken glass? Does she care? Like there's something, like earlier she's this woman who wouldn't break any rules. Mm-hmm. And suddenly now she's willing to do anything to keep her subterfuge I guess like hidden. high level baking is a transferable skill okay. it's just, <laughs> horse riding yeah she does fall off the horse she falls over the horse but then she can ride good, then she, she can ride she a horse it. 10 minutes like, she's a natural born princess is that that's I think part that's of the subtext this she, is she the takes, princess and the pea kind of thing yeah. it, I guess because yeah. um, they figure out she probably is related to Mags like, sure like, like a cousin who went to America like a third cousin or something yeah, yeah a disgraced cousin and um, um the dad, though, the king, is immediately suspicious. He's yes. kind of looking at her with beady eyes. And yeah. you're a bit worried, oh, he doesn't like her, but mm. he actually does really like her. Everyone ultimately likes everyone in this film. That's yeah. the other yeah. kind of, it's nicely comforting. No one mm. is really bad in this movie. And there's also yeah. a bit Prince Edward and her share a quote about um, the little prince about their schedule. Yes. So that we realise, oh, he's a type A too. We also realise Netflix have an original series of The Little Prince. So it's another little bit of Netflix advertising in there. Oh, oh yeah, they do. Yeah. See, I don't have a child, so I'm late <laughs> to all these things. Yeah. Um. I'm ready to take the next step. I'm ready for a university that will help me advance in my education and career. A university that will make me feel supported and connected. I'm ready for ODU Online. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. Yes. So, so the father does order his um like his head butler, I guess. To follow her. To follow her. And he I is like brilliant. Him. He's like yeah. straight out of an eighties, like out of a 
John Hughes film. He's just really he's like the principal from Ferris Bueller. Like he just doesn't actor. like people who deviate from the norm or the rules. And yes. God damn it! When you look at his face, you believe him, and you think maybe he's right. <laughs> he's got very red lips. Yeah, I was really struck oh. by. I thought he was wearing lipstick at the first. Mm. There's great tension as well when Prince Edward stops talking about the trade deal to her because he's like, "Oh, why would she be? Why would she care?" And she like calls him up in it. And she's yeah. like, no, I want to know what the trade deal is. And they mm. have a big fight about it. And then he later apologizes. Yeah. So he doesn't realize she's she, a savvy business owner. But I was going to talk about the trade deal. What are you fucking dealing in? <laughs> what trade is like Belgravia doing with? It's unclear. Is he going to France? This is Spain, I think, was it? Spain. Spain, yeah. 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 So where is Belgravia? Is it like off the coast of Spain? I hear Alan saying it's Brexit 5.0. Yeah. It could be like, I guess if it's snowing that much, it must be. We'll say Newcastle. It's Newcastle. Newcastle is <laughs> now Belgravia. They, they built a castle in Newcastle. But they're not Georgians. It's the Newcastle. That's what it is. Well, we don't hear many like of the commoners speaking. No, so they could have... There's two Irish accents in it. And he Ooh. is actually Irish. I looked it up. Yeah. He's had two or three credits. He's from Belfast. Okay. We'll get to him later. Okay. <laughs> um, then we go to the princess pretending to be the baker and the little girl cops it straight away. So I thought yeah. this was... I was like, oh, there's a whole plot wrapped up in yeah. a minute. They have a secret code that, that really, really felt like the writers went, we could write a bunch of scenes where she's doing a mirror version of what Stacey's doing as Duchess Margaret, but we're tired. So mm. let's just have her figuring out straight away because that whole subplot then becomes a bit of a damn squib. Yeah, I guess it's much harder. The princess's job is actually much, much harder than Stacey's because she is with people who know Stacy like the best in the world, whereas nobody really knows Mags very well in that castle. Yeah. So she can just make up stuff about herself and they kind of take it as canon. But Kevin never figures out. Ke- the, he's just he's, a hunky he just, fool. Yeah. Kevin gets manipulated real bad in this. He does. Prince Edward like doesn't yeah. know the woman he's marrying, so it doesn't matter if he marries a stranger. So I yes. think there's a dark, I mean, there's a potentially darker story here because, you know the way Kevin, as we've established, is the happiest man in the world? Yeah. I think by the end of the film, he's very confused, and I think he's been gaslit into a like a, a marriage. <laughs> well, we can get onto it, but I feel like Kevin is actually the loser in this whole thing. There's definitely an argument to be made. I think he was the happiest yeah. man in the world with the most amazing abs, and everything was going mm. really, really well for him. And he's the best sous chef as well in the business. Yeah. yeah, and now he's just the trophy husband of like. Well, anyway, we'll go continue. Yeah. Then. She, Kevin and the imposter, we'll call her the imposter, mm-hmm. they have a snowball fight. And they watch a choir as well. They yeah. roll around in the snow. They yeah. like, they go full on Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to Princess and she hears that they're going, there's a shelter. Yeah. There's orphans. a ball. This is where the ball Oh, there's happens. a ball first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she asks about the shelter on it and everyone's like, Whoa. why is she asking about her charity work? And then she's asked to play the piano as a way to get out of talking about social justice. And she plays, uh, I think they actually watch or listen to this podcast because they play a cover of Team from Rose Chestnuts by Dan McCauley. Yeah. Also known as Carl of the Bells, but (laughs) it's Team from Rose Chestnuts. (laughs) Yeah. I was hoping she'd go over and like do chopsticks or something. Or Or just one hand. Just, I'll get it now, just a minute. But no, like your man sits down with her and he does all the amazing stuff and she just plays Just the baseline, yeah. Yeah. Can you play an instrument? Yeah, you can. I play guitar and a little bit of keyboard and stuff, yeah. So what would your go-to song be? If you were called upon, you have to do a song right now, what would it be? If I'd sit on piano and play a song, I would play Carmel Police because that's the only thing I can play a full measure of on the piano without stopping. Because when I used to do like keyboard stuff for like television, I used to just record it all in bits and then move the bits around and I messed up. So I can play Carmel Police and everything in its right place properly and nothing else. So I would do one of those. And what about you, Patrick, as a musician too? I don't, I don't know. I'd, um... Would it be an original composition? Yeah. <laughs> something, <laughs> something really complicated. Like in green cards. Like, because see because there's no piano in this room, it would be amazing. It would be like <laughs> the best thing you'd ever heard. And I'd probably just ad lib it on the spot. Yeah, this was a single in 1997. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> I can't play an instrument, so I wouldn't have anything. I had to dance at the Great Gatsby last week and it was the actress looked sad for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was picked out of the audience and I didn't care like. Yeah, um, but you could tell other people cared. Mm-hmm. I was um, having a good time. I thought the piano scene was a good example of privilege because the performance gets applause, even though and it's just playing Carol de Bell. It's very, very yeah, simply. Dan's version is far superior. Yes, it has like four different synths on it, 
So it's very <laughs> He's good. He's got a lot of synths. I still yeah. don't know what a synth is and I refuse to learn. <laughs> <laughs> be like someone who didn't want a child <laughs> I was like I didn't sign up for that child I don't want to know anything about it <laughs> so that's how I feel about Dan since yeah uh, so Stacey goes out to a gazebo a beautiful gazebo and she, she looked stunning in that dress as well it was yes, a great dress yes she looks amazing yeah. but cold because it was snowy yes it was a shoulder distress and she's in a, a gazebo in the snow so and then they go he says like listen we'll go visit the shelter and then they go out in the. she's not wearing tights the next day either and he mm. wears a trilby Tribly or Trill, how do you pronounce the Tribly, I would say. Yeah, it's unfortunate anyway, but they go and um, then they have a great time in the shelter. So this is this is again where I'm curious about how Belgravia works. Mm. Are there a lot of orphans in Belgravia? Was there a war? Are orphans one of their exports? Why it's, is there this even weird? Orphans there were. Like the way orphans were our exports. It's family. It's like a family shelter. No, they're called. It? They're called orphans. But there are, there are parents there as well, aren't there? No, I think they're orphans. They're orphans. Okay, I thought. Yeah. Like, that's what I thought at first. And they said family shelter on the door of it. Yeah. So this move, these movies, give you the impression that like there's nothing but children waiting to be adopted. When adopting, actually, that process would show you there's actually a shortage of. Mm. I don't know. There's it would like... change the constitution of this movie if you had to bring that in. As a... Yeah, <laughs> like going, you, but, uh, you'd ha- movies... it'd have to be you turning to the camera and explaining. <laughs> mo- although this film may give the impression, but like, yeah, the number of adoptions that actually occur in Ireland is like way below ten. I think every year it was a few yeah. years ago. It's like mm. there's, there's not orphanages everywhere. I don't know. And these are very very cute orphans, and they yeah, say things them. like. Uh, I wish I could be a princess. And uh, when Duchess Margaret, a.k.a. Stacey in disguise, says the equivalent of everyone's a princess inside, I got kind of angry. And I felt like what you yeah. should say was something like, um, we will have no princesses when there is a dictatorship <laughs> of the proletariat. Because all these orphans, you're patronizing them by going, oh, you can be a princess inside, but not really. Not like yeah. me. Want to be little <laughs> yeah. orphan. Not like I'm going to be a princess. And uh, it made me, again, kind of angry. I, I get angry about the class. Like, Americans love royals. Yeah. But they don't really think about what royals, yeah, royals she, are. like cute, fun things. Yeah, she was like, but everybody can be a princess in their hearts. They try their best every day. But if you ever come for me, yeah. I, I will end you. I am the only actual princess, just so we're clear. Yeah. And if, you, and if you say publicly yeah. you're a princess, that you will probably be taken out by the secret police of Belgravia. Yeah. So they find out that toys are in short supply. And can I talk about my trip to London again? Do it. <laughs> I, only go, I only go on one holiday a year. So anyway, um, toys are in short supply. After World War One, toys are in short supply. I was in the Imperial War Museum. I hate war, but I love that museum. Mm-hmm. Just to clarify that, um, after World War One, there was a shortage of supplies with toys because all the German factories provided toys across the continent, and Germany was really messed up after the war. I don't know if you knew that. Um, so then, in England, they opened up special factories for disabled soldiers to work in the UK. And they got jobs. But then the German economy, toy economy, recovered and all those factories had to shut down. Sad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, interesting history of toys and supplies in European countries so there. So what side was Belgravia on in World War One? do you reckon? Like, no. I would say they were on the Allied side, but their royal family now is made up of Germans, they, they, I would they, say. They look a little Viennese, like the, the costumes. Teutonic, kind yeah, of, yeah. yeah. They could have been on the. Was there a wrong side in World War One? We'll get to that in another day. I don't, I don't know enough. About that's World a War that's a really yeah. big question for yeah. a podcast. <laughs> was a, there a TV movie? I, don't, I think World War Two was really clearly defined. Mm-hmm. World War One, not so much. You know. So we've got the, the we, we we get all the English war poets, and that's our version of World War One, and it's all like, oh, it was a terrible, terrible mess, and it was awful. But apparently, in France, they have a very, very different narrative, okay? Because mm-hmm. it was their last big noble war, whereas the British get to have World War Two, where you know they saved Europe and they held out. Um, so World War One, they could afford to turn that not turn it into because it was a disaster, but mm-hmm. they the national memory turns it into this thing that's basically in the poems of Wilfred Owen. and Well, I'd recommend the Imperial War Museum has an exhibition on there till March and they go through four aspects of World War One, and they go toward, they look at um, soldiers of colour 
They look at moments of silence and how World War One wasn't properly commemorated with monuments at the time. And they also look at rebuilding society, which is really good. So they go through social housing and the birth of it, really. It's really, really good. Um, we should send our government over to it. Um, they might learn something. And there's also a really, really good bit about the years after the war and how Europe was absolute shitstorm. So everyone just assumes everyone played football and Christmas Day and then there was armistice and all this. And they actually have a recording caught of armistice happening. So these guys have rebuilt it based on long range motion sensors. I was fucking, I was crying throughout this whole thing. I loved it so much. But they also have one about um, after the war and how the Arab countries were mistreated and left out of all the talks. And it's really good. And Lawrence Arabia arrived up with all the Arab guys and then they were no one would listen to them and they have the picture of the four white men who basically carved up Europe and the Middle East and yeah that's what the toys prompted in me this is this is a, this whole podcast is a Trojan horse for like <laughs> a little a speech about World War One. yeah, yeah. really good exhibition it's really, go really to interesting London and yeah. just go to London to look at the free exhibition it's free I am wondering how we're going to get to the next scene okay. in the film which is where they play Sorry. Twister in a toy shop from that <laughs> yeah, yeah. well was World War One not Twister in a toy shop? Oh, no, it doesn't it really work as a metaphor. God spins a Twister thing. The Versailles Agreement was Twister. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Woodrow so, Wilson basically just yeah. spun that thing. So it's definitely product placement by Twister, anyway. Um. Yeah. I would say. Because so, it's, it's just the on its own in the middle of a shop. Again. He does turn up again. Because yeah. uh, what's about to happen is Duchess, the real Duchess Margaret and Kevin and Precocious Child They're are about to walk day, in. Yeah. At the same time that Stacey and Prince Edward are frivolously buying presents and playing Twister. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're going to meet each other and everyone's going to see that there's two versions of Prince Duchess Margaret and the old man turns up and causes some sort of diversion. Oh, he says his car needs pushed to be pushed. So okay. he gets Kevin back out. Yeah, and Kevin wow. is obviously a strong man. Yeah. We also meet Adam Delaney. The Irish reporter. Yeah. He confronts the princess. So the, the lady court. from the orphanage also oh, no, is he, Irish. He confronts the Bake Off. Yeah. Well, this has for an interview. He doesn't confront her. Yeah. Yeah. That's my my view of the media. <laughs> <laughs> but he's played by an actor named Emmett Friel from Belfast. Huh. I looked him up. Cool. The lady in the orphanage is also Irish, wasn't she? Maybe well, I, I again, so, yeah. I wonder about Belgravia and Irish immigration. It must be close enough. Yeah. Maybe it's Hollyhead. Maybe it's Hollyhead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so oh, we got our first kiss then. Yeah, the mistletoe and the orphanage. 67 minutes in. Shouldn't have mistletoe in a care home for children, is no, my opinion. <laughs> Finally, one's looking yeah. for it. Um, yeah, that is a disaster mm-hmm. waiting to happen. Um, oh, there's another Netflix placement. So, Kevin and the oh, imposter. Yeah. Stacy are at home and they watch a movie together mm-hmm. and they turn on Netflix. Yeah, and they watch A Christmas Prince, which is yeah. her favourite film apparently. So she she had like a... No, wait. Yeah, Stacy's favourite film is A Christmas Prince. She knew exactly what she was doing. She had a playbook already and has ensnared this prince. Like Meghan Markle. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy Meghan Markle wrecking the gaff. <laughs> is she wrecking the gaff? I like to believe so, but like, I just love a drama. Yeah. Every time she like, doesn't wear gloves, like a certain type of British person freaks out. Because it, it, so it does good. not feel like ripping the establishment down from within. Like, it just feels no. like it's annoying one Daily Mail reader. Well, yeah. And who's that royal correspondent? James something, who's always on Sky News. She's annoying yeah. one of the guys, yeah. And then the others don't really care. They like her. And there was all this drama over a tiara. Oh, it's well worth reading. There's loads of backlash articles against mm. Meghan. They're very funny. Yeah. Um, like they're probably all fiction. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a narrative I'm really enjoying. Mm. I hope she's okay though. I'm sorry, Megan, for enjoying <laughs> enjoying the backlash. Call me Megan. Is that yeah. <laughs> Call Jean. No yeah. interest in meeting you to be honest. <laughs> I like Kate. I, I don't know anything about Kate. I'm into Kate. Yeah. She's got a she's got a good head in her. She's always kind of secretly smiling. Mm. I like that, I like her smirk. <laughs> so do you think in the actual royal family there are doubles and people playing games like this? I do like think this? there is a double for Melania Trump. I saw those pictures and I was like, I'm convinced. Oh, I'm totally convinced of that one as well, yeah. yeah. there's. I think there's probably two or three queens as well. Really? I think she died last year. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no you 
don't. Do you really? I, I kind of do. Does. No, yeah. Look at those eyes. He does. He believes I that. I kind of okay. do. He believes that deeply. Yeah, because she disappeared for a week and then they kind of weekend at Bernie's someone in a car to Christmas Day Mass, but they didn't actually yeah. eat sure getting out of the car or getting into the car. She's very distinctive looking though. There's a like queen impersonators. They're in like the naked gun yeah. and stuff. So The Melanie Trump one is a somewhat balayage. A what? They're the highlights at the bottom of your Okay. That, is that what that means? Balayage I haven't seen that word around for years, I didn't know what it was. Balayage is, yes, you know the way you're kind of darkish up here. And that Melania Trump, yeah. really. I thought that was ombre. Is that not ombre? They're kind of the same okay. thing. Like her dressers will say different, but okay. after that, four weeks, everyone's so, hair looks the same. So, so <laughs> charming as this film is, if somebody really was impersonating somebody else, it's deeply disturbing. Like, like the Melania Trump thing is not like, oh, what a whimsical joke. Yeah, it's like if like that's just disturbing, and you know the thing that you believe to be totally true about the Queen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's completely disturbing. I think she has like in her will that Camilla can never be Queen. Do you, do you, so it's like they're waiting. They just keep on putting in doubles until Charles dies, and then it goes straight to William. So that makes sense. Actually, yeah. now you've actually somehow convinced me. <laughs> Although, like, yeah, Charles now, I, I love all the drama about Charles as well. I enjoyed that. See, I'm just like, the reason I love the royal family having drama is I'm a big Diana fan. Mm. And the ghost of Diana is looking down at all this. So. who Someone was writing about Camilla and they said, like, if you knew her back in, like, the 70s, she was gas. She was a person everybody wanted to be around. Mm. She just didn't photograph very well. And See, it, it's they, totally understandable that Prince Charles would want to be with this... Tina Brown's Diana book is really worth reading. It's a yeah. great trashy read. Um, but basically, Diana, they found her really young. And mm. what they did to her was like totally not on. Mm. It was really shitty. Like she was so young. And it was through the marriage and being treated like shit in her marriage. She became a class person. Mm. She's one of the first people in the public eye to hug someone with AIDS. Yeah. I'm going to start crying. I love her so much. <laughs> She's fucking incredible. Like walking in the places where all the bombs. Yeah. Like what an amazing woman. They killed her. Moving on. Okay. So is is this usually Hope a hub for Stacey. fake news or is it just fake news about the royals? Like, are you, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying fake to cast news? aspersions. Yeah. You think I've accused the royals before of killing Diana? I think you have, yeah. 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 I, it's not even accusing. I mean, we all have. It's, it's, like, it's really funny. Like, there's things, you know, so in my column every week, I make try to make jokes. And I remember once I had a thing about the Queen's 50th birthday. And it was one of the times the one of my editors removed one of my jokes. And I remember him saying, Patrick, you can't say the Queen stabbed somebody. <laughs> in and I was like, oh, but it's a joke. It's clearly a joke. And he was like, oh, yeah, but, you know. But you've just basically claimed that the royal family killed Diana and you've claimed that the Queen well, has, Channel 4. has been replaced and weekends <laughs> at Bernie's. Um, Channel yeah. 4 did a really good documentary last year about Diana's last few weeks and someone contacted me afterwards because they used to think I was mad and they're like, I actually think you have a point. <laughs> so somebody, I thought for a minute that someone from Channel 4 contacted me because like, of my views and I provided them with all this information that they used in the documentary for some reason it never aired uh. when I was in Paris the last time I was in Paris um, I was over in a press trip and it was wonderful and um, we were passing by one place and the PR was like oh that was where Diana before she got in the car and I ran over and took a picture. <laughs> I thought you loved her. You're like a pap yourself. I know. You're yeah. a problem. But the paps didn't kill her, Patrick. We've established this. I, I'm sorry. The paps were just trying to document. I don't know. Okay, right. Well, <laughs> Back to the film. So Kevin buys her a locket that has a picture of them with Santa in it. The film is yes. so vanilla compared to the actual royal family. That's true. Like, Every royal now that we're back to the film, <laughs> now that we're back to the film, I actually feel like it's like stories from my life. It's like <laughs> so low key yeah. compared to the actual royal family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doesn't Kevin ask her about? Let's think about going further in our relationship. But they kiss. Like, can you, yeah, but she pulls back. Yeah, 
And poor Kevin's confused little face. He was the happiest man on earth. Yeah, and he's You're, still happy, but he's nobody's there's, there's a, a seed of doubt. Confused. Yeah, then, and actually, I think it feels like it's the moment that Kevin's life. I was thinking about this on the bus on the way in. I think it's the moment when Kevin's life started to go on its first downward spiral. I think the last his bit of the stoner. movie, yeah, his stoner. Arc. Yeah, well, it captures the start. His his life has been kind of uphill. It's been getting better mm. and better. And now confusion because he's a simple man with simple abs. And then <laughs> suddenly these horrible double witches betray him and turn him into mm. a confused man who doesn't know he's he in love. He's a with. victim in all this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he it's thought sad. he was on standing on concrete, but it's actually quicksand. And the this prince, is the first time he realizes. The prince also gives Stacey a necklace from a portrait of his willful great grandmother. And the portrait the looks crest. like it was drawn by. A talented teenager. <laughs> like it's the worst portrait yeah. I've ever seen. It'd be like going, "Wow, did did fourteen? Did she did that? That's amazing! Yeah. Like that's a really good picture for a fourteen-year-old." But it it's must like, be oh, like <laughs> it must be like someone's actual aunt. Yeah, yeah. and you just put done. a filter over, like a Snapchat yeah. filter. Yeah. Um, so then they do the switcheroo. They switch back, and the guy, the king's assistant or aide. He, gets a picture of it. Yeah, the yeah. perv. What was he doing standing outside the window trying to take photos? Yeah, although yeah. I do love that in classic 80s, like Ferris Bueller style, every time something nearly works for him, he gets involved in an accidental bit of physical comedy and hurts himself. Yeah. That's a classic. I, I really like that touch. Because he that. actually falls from a building. He <laughs> yes. <laughs> and lands on his back. Yeah. And, uh, and, and goes, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> In comic yeah. form, he's probably been damaged. Like Kevin. Like, I actually feel like they don't focus enough on these minor characters. They're so yeah. happy with themselves, the main characters. Mm-hmm. Like, Kevin's been damaged for life psychologically. And this guy's probably done serious Kevin's damage. Rebecca Hall and The Prestige. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Just completely fucked. Yeah. But same with the poor old servant guy, yeah. man servant. And they also keep humiliating him by going like the king and queen keep going, now go clean the toilets. Yeah, or yeah. like it's basically like classist humour at his yeah, expense. Yeah. And he's fallen from a building and he's probably going to have back trouble for the rest of his life. And even after and all, all that, you think it's funny. I do. Uh, but I think that's it's nice that even after all that he still takes time to print out the pictures. Or gives him to the king instead of just like having him on a phone. Like yeah. A little touch of class, put him in a nice envelope, hand him in yeah. there. And then we go to the bake-off competition. Mm-hmm. So they've after switching places, she's now ready to go to do the bake-off. Yeah. The manservant has undercut their ruse. He knows what's going on now. Yeah. yeah. And so do the royal family. Mm-hmm. And they're chill with it. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, let's get to the bake-off and you can switch places again or get this all out in the air yeah. yeah, and Prince Edward seems really chill with it as well and Prince Mar- Prince Duchess Margaret yeah. Margaret is like fine and they go off and then we have the Bake Off and to be honest now I would have loved more Bake Off like I would have loved a bit where imposter Stacy fucked up by like off. a Bake Off yeah. rehearsal or something mm. and they were like oh what's going on that's here that's the obvious scene that was cut I think yeah because yeah. there's the other bit where like the evil enemy comes in and really kind of obviously sabotages the yeah the mixer is you it? would think they would check yeah. all that equipment so she before just goes with the scissors and cuts the plug yeah and you also think that once Stacy discovered this she just go hold on there's no <laughs> plug in my <laughs> mixer but yeah. instead Stacy has to do it like puree do jam by hand but also yeah. like in the Bake Off didn't they give her a whole extra time this year on one challenge because something broke yes yeah. they did yeah so like yeah the franchise is clear on what happens in yeah. these circumstances <laughs> and this film just glosses right over them like it's glossing over what kind of constitutional system they have in Belgravia also yeah. they end up winning the competition over mm-hmm. not a great looking sponge it just has a ton of icing yeah they've done a lot of icing work I did. There was a sentence that I really liked because um, I thought just out of context, it was something like, "Your sugar work is excellent," or something. Oh yeah, they just, 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 like, just took it out of Bake Off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who was the really good one at the decorating this year? Oh, she was the emotion she would like get quite anxious and stuff. What was her name? Kim. Oh, Kim Joy. Yeah, yeah. She was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, the switcheroo happens backstage. Um, Stacy, you're my destiny, says Gunner from Nashville. <laughs> and then Kevin realizes what's happening. Yeah. And yeah, the whole film should be called 
Kevin realizes what's <laughs> happening because I, the more I think about it, that's the actual emotional core of the film is is Kevin and what's going to happen to his heart over the next few years as he realizes how because conf- the obvious. I don't get emotionally invested in this, but the obvious trajectory for Kevin in a movie like this, if this was like Pretty in Pink or mm-hmm. like Sixteen Candles or something, is that he realizes slowly he's actually in love with Stacy, despite thinking he wasn't. Yeah. So the moment when he kind of thinks he's falling okay. in love with Stacy, but it's really Margaret, and now he's got this scene where Margaret turns up with her insane. Uh, good place accent and he has to reckon with the fact that the person he's kind of fallen in love with isn't the same person and is in fact a fake duchess from a fake country that doesn't exist and now he is going to be True married imposter. to her because that's what happens yeah like maybe Basically she realized reverse be there yeah you know she actually realized her grift wouldn't work with her royal family for long so she said to get him a kevin instead yeah best sous chef of the business the, yeah I was waiting could, to the top. You could do worse. Then we have a wedding, of course, a mm-hmm. year later. Everyone's really happy. Um, Vanessa Hudgens had a great time making this movie, I imagine. She gets to cry, she gets to have fun, she gets mm-hmm. to dance, wear dresses. She is very good. She's a good actress. She's very good yeah. 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 Well, she's a bro- she does Broadway shows, or she did Gigi yeah. anyway, and she did Grease Live, which is one of my favourite watches that was on Netflix there last year. <laughs> very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, she chose the bouquet, and Margaret catches yeah. the bouquet. That's and Kevin next year's is like, movie, I Kevin presume. still isn't realising what's going on <laughs> because it's really emotionally complicated what's happening to yeah, Kevin. Yeah, because above everyone else in the film, Kevin's situation is much more like, so Prince Edward didn't really know his betrothed anyway, right? Because mm-hmm. she was like this mysterious. He didn't care. Yeah, yeah. So he, he gets Stacey instead and he's perfectly happy with that because he didn't know Princess Margaret. Stacey and Margaret knew what was going on the whole time. Mm-hmm. Kevin is the guy who's fallen in love with someone that turns out to be someone else, but he thought he knew the person he yeah, fell in love with. Yeah, and his daughter's what he thought he was falling in love with Because his like daughter's Stacey a little Plus. precocious psychopath. Mm. Yeah, he thought he was falling in love with like a more relaxed Stacey, but yeah. ev- like everything he knew about Stacey, like plus a bit more. Yeah. But what she actually has is like this cipher, this mysterious yeah. duchess. Person. So it's kind of like somebody yeah. went, you could have Stacey or what's in this box? <laughs> and now he's like, the box, I guess? And now he's going to be married to what's in this box? <laughs> yeah. That looks like Stacey? Yeah. At least, but we know she can play piano and horse ride. So yeah. we know that much about her. And Kevin's been left before. That's true. The mother of his precocious yeah. child yeah. walked out. Mm. They glossed over that. I was trying to figure out for ages if he was a widower or if he was... Yeah. But no, she, she ran away. And now he's... And then what happens? Does he have to go live in Montesanto or Montenegro? Yeah, or and he has to go back to Belgravia for the summer when his daughter is in the ballet school as well. Yeah. So his whole Chicago. life was just up. He's, had his, he's ceded control of his life yeah. to these distant twins. It's very sad. This is what happens when you marry a semi-royal. Yeah. All right, should we do our bingo card? Mm-hmm. All right, so do we have a precocious child? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is it filmed in Vancouver? I don't believe so. I think it's, is it a Georgia one? I didn't look it up it's properly. No, it looks like real snow. Had a mad yeah. week. Uh, female lead has better lighting than everybody else. She's Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, she she's glows just, from within. That's true. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. she is charismatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, best friend with no inner life. Yeah, no, I think Kevin is a Kevin very does. rich inner life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, wise widower, magic man. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he was a widower, yeah. Is that is that a trope, the wise widower? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's normally the lead's father. Yeah. There's but, um, never like old women aren't let be that wise or fr- like there's no wise granny. They're always granddads or yeah. dads. So the patriarchy reasserts itself. Yeah. Yeah. Does uh, she work in marketing? I mean, if you own a small she business, you kind of have to market. Yeah. yeah. That's a stretch. I'm not allowing We're- that. <laughs> <laughs> we We're she, all marketers. She could now. design her own flyers. Yeah, but then, we don't that's know. a meaningless question, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cross it off the bingo card. <laughs> uh, no alcohol in the film. No. They, no. Did they have champagne no. at the ball? Maybe I don't know. I didn't know. Oh, she drink, um, the mags drinks wine in the back in the chalet. No, they did not don't drink they? tea. I'm pretty sure she has a glass of wine. Yeah. That's I know. Yeah, nobody gets hammered anyway. Um, a capitalist ex. He that Paul seemed pretty capitalist. Yeah, was, I thought he was collecting his girlfriend from a shop. Yeah, oh, where capitalist. capitalism happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very capitalist. Uh, the protagonist loves Christmas. Yeah, because Christmas was a big deal for her and Paul. Yes, uh, Carlers. Yes. yes, a lot of carlers. Uh, snowball fight. Yes. yes. Horse drawn carriage. Yes. 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 Uh, really good Christmas decorations. Yes. yes. That's, that's a 
I think one of the main ways the Netflix ones are elevated from Hallmark is to have a bigger budget for decorating the sets. Like to be honest, everything Netflix seems bigger and more expensive. Have such um, a good track record of late that they probably will open up their own country. <laughs> yeah. Called Belgravia. Yeah. yeah. I went to a Netflix event over in France. It was sent over in a press thing and it was Is this like, the Monte Carlo? Uh, no, it was in Paris and they had this whole area where like they had this really dod they had a few really dodgy things. Like they had all this themed stuff Kevin based Spacey. on the shows. <laughs> Kev- yes, Kevin Spacey was there. It, it was when before was this? Okay. it was like four years ago. <laughs> no, this year. No, four years ago. <laughs> um so Kevin Spacey was there and lo- they were doing these kind of Q and A's, so you didn't get any real time with any of these people. You're lucky you didn't get real, any yeah. real time with him, Patrick. I'm telling you. But there's a bit uh, where they had all these kind of themed things going around, and their canteen. They had a special like place where the journalists and the bloggers and all the people who'd come over could go get food, and it was based on the canteen from Orange Is the New Black, and the people serving in it were in scrubs, orange kind of, huh. uh, and. Beige Whoa, prison scrubs. I'm really glad you don't pay for my subscription. <laughs> it's not really off and wrong. Super off and wrong. That makes me a bit ill. Yeah. Yeah. But there was lots of stuff like that. And they, they buy into, I guess all companies buy into their own hype. Mm. But there was a lot of like rara Netflix. Like maybe like if they had a system where they employed people who were on parole and Danger of reoffending or something, but didn't put them in the prison scrubs. I think putting them back in the prison scrubs is the thing, though. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't really from prison. <laughs> yeah, I'd be really impressed if their canteen was stocked by people. If they were being paid, like but, paid like, yeah. But, yeah, but I wouldn't want them to be dressed in scrubs. Yeah, yeah. I just an apron will do me fine. Well, when I was over at that event, it did feel like the start of a colonization program. Like it just felt mm. like they were like spreading their wings. The island. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's really creepy. Yeah. I'm glad we got that anecdote out of you now. Yeah. Okay, next up. I was Kevin Spacey mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, it's <laughs> really weird on. in retrospect because yeah. obviously he was like the biggest star of the whole Netflix mm-hmm. stable. Um, and there wasn't an inkling. I think that might have been a year before it came out. Okay, well, at least Vanessa Hudgens is the main star of Netflix now. And I guess Bill Pullman and Jessica Biel, they're all fine. Love so. Bill Pullman. Mm-hmm. Love Jessica Biel. Yeah, Sinner's a great show. It's brilliant. Yes, go so watch the Sinner. It's not Christmasy at all, but it's a very good show. Oh, Bill yeah. Pullman is just so good in it. And Carrie Coon's in it. Is she? She's in season two. Oh, okay. she's amazing. In I season haven't two. watched season two. I'm What's Sinner about? The Sinner. Uh, it's an. It's uh, so season one is about a, a wife that just snaps and kills a guy on a beach, and Bill Pullman's a cop who thinks there might be more to it. So he's trying to unravel what happened to her. Yeah. and he's got a. He's got some mental health issues. He's going through a divorce and he's into yeah. like SD. subdom stuff and yeah. stuff. It's very good. And then season two, a, like a 13 year old kills um, his parents and uh, Bill Pullman thinks there's more to it. And Carrie Coon shows up and she's Carrie Coon because Carrie Coon's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, very, very good. Season one is so, so good. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through okay. this bingo card. We are, are we? <laughs> Somebody actually says Rose Chestnuts. I don't think, I don't think so. no, But they that's... sing the theme They play the theme From Rose Chestnuts So I think that counts uh... That counts They play our song That's our Dan's song. song Dan composed that It's our podcast song <laughs> <laughs> uh, Canadian supporting actors Probably Probably Irish supporting Irish actors, actors In this case We're basically the, yeah. the Canadians of We are the Canadians Of yeah. Europe We're Europe's But warmer Yeah <laughs> if, if, if you see Europe As the front of Europe Is Eastern Europe And then we're kind of like this a is also underwear. a stretch. This, is, this a... is such a stretch. Okay, there's no Canadians in this film. Does she have a snappy beret? She does. She, she does. A, yeah. Yeah. It's very pink. snappy beret. Yeah. Awkward family dinners. Yes. Couple with the king yeah. and queen. Yeah. King and queen. They were breakfast, so does yeah. that matter? Uh, beautiful impossible hair. Impossible hair. It's good hair, but it's not It's a impossible. good BC can control a bob. Yeah, not a lot of volume to it. Yeah. Uh, mild peril lasting no longer than three minutes. Yes, and the yeah. shop, the toy emporium. Yes. True. I was... Uh, I was definitely slightly anxious. Yeah. <laughs> Very slightly anxious. Yeah, mild pearl indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously fake snow. No, that was good snow. No, that was good snow. snow. Yeah, uh, a big empty apartment. We can assume she has one, but we don't see it. So it doesn't, no, we're going to say no on that Chicago, one. Chicago, it's probably a small apartment, That's I'd true. say. Yeah. Uh, did they save the kiss till the very end of the movie? No. That no. was 67 minutes. Uh, a work Christmas party. Well, if if work is being Castle. a royal. Yeah, then a, a Christmas ball is, yeah. yeah. Uh, secondary characters hook up 
kind of Kevin and Mags are kind of secondary characters, I guess, but they're also yeah. leads. It's a weird yeah. one. There was an inc- there was a weird implication that uh, the Mrs. Donatelli, Miss Donatelli, that, that, the, and that the, man. the manservant and the lady servant, yes. are kind of getting close. I think she and, just hates him, though. Yeah, I don't Although think that she, they're, they're laughing together at the end, though. Yeah. yeah. So and he's maybe. suddenly everyone comes around. That's the yeah. thing. Everyone gets used to things really quickly in this film. Like mm-hmm. the 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 doubles get used to the fact they're doubles and they don't get disturbed by it. Yeah. And he who hated the idea of like any impropriety is suddenly totally fine with this completely ludicrous. I think he hates mysteries, and once he solves a mystery, he's okay with it. Don't he's, know. I, don't, mm. I think maybe, we don't know him well enough. No, we don't. Yeah. We need, I need to know more. Yeah. Need a sequel well, there probably will be a sequel. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, about Kevin, poor yeah. <laughs> and finally, an inn. There's an no inn. inn. Yeah, there's an inn. There's in a, a lot lodge. Of these. They rent a lodge, like a but it's not really an inn. No, it yeah. looks a bit like an inn. It's Overall, big, though, I I enjoyed that. Sorry, I lost the count of things. It, was, it only didn't hit three, was it? We had a good. We had a lot. Yeah, they did their homework. Yeah, yeah. So did we like it? I love it. Yes, yeah. It was, yeah. It was really well paced. And, it has, yeah. and Vanessa Hudgens is really good. Mm-hmm. Like, she's kind of just a really likeable actor. Yeah, she's it's 15 minutes J-Lo longer movie. than Hallmark movies, but it flew. I didn't really check my phone at all. No, I watched it, it in one sitting. Yeah. yeah. Which is, it takes in today's distracting world that makes it sound like you watch other ones like they're a novel and you like you watch it every <laughs> I night I do I've, it's some movies it takes me like six months to watch them because I'm like oh fuck yeah. I'm facing into this dreariness mm. so like it took me a few weeks to watch The Glass Castle which I actually really enjoyed but it was such a grim movie mm. so I think Netflix has changed has made movies to me like reading a book Okay. sometimes like I take a break mm. this um, was really good yeah. I'm trying to get Carlan to watch it and I never go you need to watch this one as well because it's really good and she's refusing so far but I think Vanessa I Hudgens elevates this yeah I think so too um, she's in a J-Lo movie that's coming out in a few weeks as well with Milo Ventimiglia whatever he pronounces his name yeah um, Jess yeah so that'll, I think that'll be good because J-Lo J-Lo's great um, and we'll get to see Vanessa do a red carpet tour maybe she deserves a bigger career mm. she's good she is yeah, and as I was saying to you beforehand, she did Grease live and her father died like the day or two days beforehand before they shot it live and Vanessa went on and dedicated her performance to him. She was, um, what's your one of the pink ladies, the head of the pink ladies? Rizzo. She was Rizzo and she was amazing. Hmm. So yeah, thank you Vanessa Hudgens for your service. Okay, so that's the end of season two of Roast Chestnuts. Yeah. So Patrick, you've only watched one of the ten films, but so what's your favourite Christmas film? Oh, this Is this one? one? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, for me I loved The Mistletoe Inn but yeah. I think my favourite movie in terms of plot and character development was Coming Home for Christmas that one was really good I really liked the love story and how it developed and I felt like the characters got time mm-hmm. and also it wasn't this big rushing in oh my god we're in love they had lots of chat yeah and it seems like they're going to last the journey yeah So that's I think I this one was my favourite but coming over for Christmas and Mistletoe Wayne are like very close seconds. Yeah. Yeah. What was the worst? Oh, mm. the one we're doing with Caroline. I was going to who that one was. Oh, I think Enchanted Christmas. Christmas. I didn't like very much. So they had, had some very good dance dancing. scenes. Yeah. But. No, that you can't stop Christmas. I, that was difficult for me. <laughs> so yeah, you'll, that's whichever episode before this. Yeah. So there we go. Patrick, do you have anything you want to plug or where can we find you on medias? The Irish Times newspaper mm-hmm. you'll find me there yeah there we go Jean oh I have? have a um, easing newsletter it's linked in the notes it's jeansutton.substack.com and please sign up because I need the dop- dopamine hit and you have a charity for this one? Oh, um yeah I was going to say the Simon community because mm-hmm. um, yeah, I kind of feel like all charity recommendations at this moment have to be housing related because it's impacting loads of people. And it's just really shit out there, Alan. Mm-hmm. So, and it's really appalling that yeah. loads of people are going to be spending their Christmases in hotels or on the streets. I was going to plug something. Not going to do it now. Um, <laughs> but you know what I was going to plug anyway, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> Juvenalia. That's season two of Rose Chestnuts. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next year. Bye. Hey, so that's not quite 
goodbye um i realized once we'd finished recording for the day that we totally forgot to do all the thank yous that we normally do at the end of an episode and because it's the last episode of the season i thought we definitely have to do them so first of all thank you to the heads of podcast network for having us we are a very niche podcast and we're delighted that they take the chance on us thank you to dean mcdonald for our artwork it is beautiful and amazing and we love it thank you to dan mccauley for our music because it's great and much better than the version that vanessa hudgens does in the princess switch um thank you to everybody who's listened that's you um i hope you had a good christmas i hope your 2019 is really good and we'll see you next year i guess HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.